There has always been another woman envious of me. I don't know why. Maybe I can come up with an idea, but I don't know for sure why because they would never tell me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know for sure. But anyways, throughout the years, there has always been someone else that has tried to pick at me or mock me or sabotage me in some way. Even so much as to go to the higher ups in my place of employment and try to get me fired. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, crazy. All because people respond to me differently than they did to her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because I'm not a f- and I wasn't treating people like they were less than in any capacity concerning whatever. I always treat people with respect. I get along with everyone because I don't have a grudge to hold against anyone. Well, this girl did. And she just couldn't stand that people responded to me differently mm-hmm. because she had whatever internal hang up. Mm-hmm. that she couldn't sort through or get over. So her way of, I don't know, coping with it, for lack of a better term, I don't know exactly what word to use, but that was her way of getting through, was trying to beat me down. And get this, at the time, I was like 23. Right. I was like a young girl that just graduated college, and here's this 40-year-old woman coming after me but let's let's also say something at 23 you you didn't know really what that was where it was coming from why it was happening where but now where you are you see that coming and which is why we're here sitting down here telling this to try to help a few people avoid making a few mistakes because then you look at yourself you know you they make you feel bad about yourself to a degree you think you but it's like yeah. That's their energy. The yep. energy. Yeah. And you got to know those people. And we got a lot of that to talk Steer about. Steer clear. Be friendly, but cautious. There you have it. There you have it. Yeah. I think that's the best advice I could give to anyone. And just right. Surrounding ourselves mm-hmm. outside of those with only you know self-esteem investors. Oh, like that situation at work, too. When you're like having a meeting and then somebody like comes in the office and they just, they weren't invited, but they overhear the conversation or oversee what's going on and they can't believe they're included or something. So they'll insert themselves and then they'll start talking over other people that were originally at the meeting. Uh You weren't invited, but you're going to come in and you're going to start talking and inserting yourself. Those are the people you got to look out for. Climbers. Okay. All right. Power grab. Yeah. Insecure. Yeah. Seriously. Insecure. Insecure. They cannot believe that there is something going on that they were not included in. Constant yeah. approval. And that's why it's sad. Not even acknowledgement. Some people need acknowledgement. Yeah. And then some people need approval. Right. Right. And everybody's situation and circumstance is different. And I get that. They, they see it as hate when you call them on their corruption. Mm-hmm. But there's corruption on both sides. Well, here, let's look at this one. Why don't, why don't you read that one to the, to the, to the audience? Okay. Since 1965, Democrats, 25 years in power in parentheses. Three indictments, 
one conviction, one prison sentence. Republicans, 28 years in power, in parentheses. 120 indictments, 89 convictions, 34 prison sentences. Remind me again how both parties are basically the same. I mean, we're not even in the same ballpark when no. it comes to corruption and no. criminal activity. No. And I saw... Uh, no. And anybody that uh, looks well, at those numbers... Well, see, it's a Chicago Tribune. Or it's harder to be a liberal than it is to be conservative because it's easier to give somebody the finger than to lend a helping hand. <laughs> yeah. It's a sad truth. Everything I did was against their fake Christian, Republican, yep. or centrist non-confrontational agenda and everything I do is sort of confrontational, confrontational. as far as my first amendment. I mean, hey, they're going to shoot us with their second amendment, so you better be damn right I'm going to pop <laughs> off with the mouth. That's right. And I'm not talking <laughs> and I'm not lying and I'm not beef. Uh, this is truth. Clear-cut Black and white. It's, it may sound like hate, but it's the truth. It may right. sound like I'm against your side, but it's the truth. No, it only, I think it sounds like hate because from the other perspective, they're very fear-based. Of course. And they can't fathom or they just cannot believe you have the audacity to say all of these crazy things when in all actuality they don't realize that they're the crazy ones because they are fear driven instead of standing up for what's right and saying what they truly feel, tapping into their intuition deep down inside. They can't do that. They hate liberals so much mm -hmm. that they don't care that he's not exactly what they like. Even if they don't like him, those who do, they do. And that, you, you don't need to know any more than that mm -hmm. if they love him. But that's their psychological framework, is it's more important to have a Republican be a corrupt individual yeah. than any Democrat who is, you know, willing is their biggest fear mm -hmm. in life. Yeah. Because there's been billions of dollars to frame their minds in that capacity. Mm -hmm. Insane. And fear the government. And again, they, they're so scared. I, I got a, a pin. We'll have to put that up. I got some old pins from oh. tell FDR no to Medicare. Tell LBJ no to Social Security and Socialism. These are like from the, you know, 100 years ago yeah. almost. Yeah. And it's like, and they still feel that way. And it's like, if that's how you feel, forfeit it. Even though we have that open line of communication, sometimes we feel, most of us anyway, not all of us, but most of us feel like we need to stay in constant communication. And the second that we aren't, something is wrong. Even though nothing might even be wrong at all, it's mm -hmm. just what we think. And mm -hmm. then all of these, you know, problems arise because somebody's mm -hmm. like, well, what were you doing when I texted you, blah, 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 blah. And so-and-so was like, chill out, I was just in the bathroom or I was washing the dishes or I was shoveling the driveway or something. And then all of these issues like arise and start. Back then they didn't have, that wasn't even like in, like a thought process, like in their minds. Right. They didn't have, you know, all of those different like excuses and reason, rhyme or reason or whatever to like think that that could be a thing. So I'm wondering if that extra stress that the technology brings on mm -hmm. is a reason why couples in today's day 
don't last like they did back in the day before all of this. I think you're definitely on to something. Yeah, and, uh, I think I am and too. And that last book that I was reading, Sapiens, mm-hmm. the the discussion of the technological age and how like using email and all this stuff is supposed to give us more free time and make us feel less stressed. But are we less stressed? No. By the, by the, no, no. More stressed because back then he says, you know, people would write a letter. Maybe you get a response in a month, two months. Nobody cared. Now it's like if you send an email, you send a text message, exactly what you're saying. And if there's not an immediate response, yeah. people then go into this. Oh my God, why didn't you answer me when I texted you immediately? Oh, well, it only takes this long to answer a text message. So what? So what if I was busy? So what if I didn't feel like talking to you at that moment? Not, uh, spell it wrong, not gonna understand it, it's out right. of context. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All these thoughts go through your head and you're like, I like personal interaction. So do I. I do too, but not everyone's like that. Most people aren't. I need your eyeballs. I know. I agree. I need your eyeballs. I agree, but not everyone's like that. And I I just think that it's a reason why. You're right on. If you're not with the right person and you can't communicate and understand where the other is coming from, you just, you're doomed. And this is being a man or a woman, you know, whichever side you're on. Oh my God, if I don't do this, my friends are going to think this about me or my family's going to think this about me. And it's just like, it's sad, honestly, when you stop and think that there's really people out there that are living their lives with that mindset. It's really sad because I would never want to live my life based on what other people thought about me or my choices. If you, if you're truly in my corner, if you're truly someone that cares about me, you should be happy for me, whatever choice I make that is genuine. I'm not out here living my life to please somebody else. I am that stereotype, so I get it. But I know a lot of women that it's the opposite. They've had a safety net. Whether it be, you know, dad or, you know, a boyfriend or a husband or whatever. And it's different for those of us that never have had that because we see life in a different way. We see a different light. Certainly. And just it is what it is. Yeah. But I just, yeah, obviously if you haven't picked up, I am the independent woman and I just get the out of here. Like, I don't have time for that. I can't even like process in my mind that being acceptable. Like if somebody really tried to tell me what they thought about my choices or what to do with my life, I really don't even know how I would react. I really don't. This eyebrow would definitely go up. You know, you know when you're mm-hmm. when somebody's trying to get the best of you. Oh yeah. And in a group setting, I'm usually, I'm very, anybody that knows me, like I'm very loud and I'm very outgoing. Like I'm, you know, I just am. I've never been shy. But in a group setting, in I case am, anyone misinterpreted that. In case anyone that. was wondering. But in a group setting, I am the quiet one. I'm sitting there, my mouth is shut, and I'm observing. And I'm taking in all the energy and the vibes. I'm gonna share, go with my weirdo-ness here. <laughs> And this is something 
I saw that someone said to you on the and it blew me away to the point I had to, to, to screenshot it. I don't remember what the original uh, post was, but this was this person's response. We won't say names so people are not uh, okay. offended, but this person says, character limit wouldn't even begin to allow me to explain the asinine and furthermore misogynistic idea of buying a rock that has little to no true value to <laughs> implant my stake of ownership in another human to fend off the droves <laughs> of probably much more suitable male callers to renege in their pursuit. Oh my God. This is brilliant writing. Yeah, I know. He if is... you ever get past your dependency on Western imperialism and fixation on cultural appropriation, I'll be happy to put babies in you and pay for everything. <laughs> oh that is one of my really good friends. Is that not the nicest thing anyone's ever said to you? No, I know. I was <laughs> super sweet. Blew me away. He's so funny. It was one of the reasons why. Sounds yeah. like a fellow weirdo here. Yeah, I mean. it was one of the reasons why I was drawn to him because we clicked on like day one and brilliant. Yeah, he is brilliant he is. writer. He's something else. That was. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I would have ever been able to put it into words. I know. We should have that. him on the show. We should have that weirdo over here because that was <laughs> some know. interesting stuff. Okay, what is next? Is when someone says a lovely compliment to you, and then you tell them to shut the f up. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> because, because we're he's being too hard on ourselves, and I just want to read this little excerpt. Okay. That says we are much too hard on ourselves. Uh, I don't know the name of the book, but I'll find it. Okay. Really, we are. We beat ourselves up. We should on ourselves. We compare ourselves to others. We postpone self-love until we reach a stage of perfection that it is impossibly unrealistic. We are so hard on ourselves, but how are we to know better? It's not like there is a book that lays it all down. It's not like we downloaded perfection. We are still writing that book, writing it with the blood of lessons learned, writing it with the ink that is forged in the fires of transformation. We are learning as we G-R-O-W. So let's give ourselves a break. Mm -hmm. Often, kindly, gently, really. It's a huge thing to grow beyond the parameters of our familiar ways of being. Berating ourselves won't get us anywhere. A little self-love goes a long way. That reminds me of the Dove Beauty sketches that I showed you. I That is true. We are way harder on ourselves than others. And with the Dove Beauty sketches, it literally showed an ex-forensic artist that sketched people describing themselves and someone else describing them. And it just showed how different the pictures were. And it just goes to show that we really do see ourselves differently than others see us. And we are hard on ourselves because of that. And it is by no fault of our own. Nope. It's marketing... It's, mm -hmm. it's economic, it's, it is, it's by design. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to leave it. This is why energy and mindset is everything. And that's why you can't worry about nothing. You just get out on the middle of the dance floor and mm -hmm. You're either do with it, me or you're it. not. 
and just do it. And Make that's not, move over. you've said that's where you often find yourself, as do I, at weddings on the middle of the dance floor solo. Yeah, yeah. Just getting it in. Yeah. Scaring people off the dance floor. Oh my God. <laughs> that's my joke. I used to there say, was they would so come up many. and say, James, you just scared everybody off the dance floor. I go, good, more room for me. <laughs> I know, exactly. My best friend just got married a few months ago, and there was a photographer like there always is. And there's all of these shots of me by myself, like, staring at the ground. crazy, and I'm like, great, here I go. But whatever, it is what it is. That's me. The camera gravitates to you. They're, the camera, they're going to focus on who's the most exciting. Who's giving them the most... Your and intuition the, and is the know-it-alls are usually all they know how to do is be... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't ever let anybody tell you. It's a difference between bosses and leaders. Everybody wants to bark orders, but that's not a leader. That's not a true leader. A leader is up, is side by side with you, not cracking. Works works just as hard as you do. Sets an example. Genuine. That's a beautiful picture. I would love to find it. That's a a pack of sled dogs, Mm -hmm. and. Well, they're not sled dogs. I'm sorry. It's a pack of wolves. And, right, the, the the back of the pack has no idea how hard the leader actually works. Oh, yeah. Just to clear the path yeah. for them to walk through easily. Mm-hmm. And usually in our society now, that is uh, either used against them or taken for granted or misinterpreted Mm -hmm. again it goes back to that shortcoming something very specific they hate in themselves and you have that leadership quality and you're the man and they like you and nobody likes me and i have to lie through my teeth and i still can't get laid (laughs) imagine what they could accomplish if they directed that energy towards pleasing themselves yes